Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number, 877 381 Well, Joe Biden signed another executive order today about gender policy. Did you ever think the President of the United States would be involved in gender policy? Gender policy? Does he have the authority to be involved in gender policy? But yesterday he signed another executive order. The King family was there. and He's a poser to defending voting rights for minorities. And he says these Republican state legislatures are trying to take your voting rights away. And that's enough, man. Come on. That's enough, man. Enough of that. Let the people vote. And I watched the various news platforms and operations. And not one of them went through what's in this H-1 bill. Now I've gone through it with you a couple of times. I'm going to go through it again today. And I've decided I'm going to go through it again on my Fox Sunday show. I've gone through it on Levin TV. Because if I don't explain it over and over and over again to as many people as I can, nobody's going to. That's clear. That is clear. So Biden marks the 56th anniversary of Bloody Sunday by signing executive order to make voting easier. And he takes aim at Trump over voter fraud claims an unprecedented insurrection in our capital on January 6th. Now we know it wasn't an insurrection. Nobody was armed. Nobody had a weapon. Nobody's been arrested for having a weapon. The only shooting that took place was a Capitol Hill policeman shooting a protester, and she died, a veteran. 
How do you have an insurrection without weapons? It was never an insurrection. It isn't an insurrection. And I'll continue to say that. It was violent. And it was an attack on the Capitol building. That's what it was. But it was not an insurrection. But they can't stop and they won't stop. Because the media are propagandists and they're corrupt. Even in the midst of a pandemic, he said... The judges appointed upheld the integrity of the vote. We have a corrupt majority now on the Supreme Court, intellectually corrupt and politically left. They are cowards. And the leading coward is John Roberts. I hate to tell you this. Amy Coney Barrett and Brett Kavanaugh are in on it. They've had multiple opportunities, including today, to clean up this mech and uphold the Constitution of the United States and make it very clear what needs to be done. Clarence Thomas has said so over and over again. Sam Alito said so over and over again. No Gorsuch has said so over and over again. But Barrett's already a huge disappointment, and Kavanaugh is, and I knew he would be. Now let's get back to this. Insurrection they talk about. The Democrat Party strategically and meticulously went into the battleground states and destroyed their voting systems. Violated the federal constitution. Went around the Republican state legislatures not to protect minorities, but to protect Joe Biden and the Democrat Party. That's what they're about. And they did it in Pennsylvania. And they did it in Michigan. And they did it in Wisconsin. And they did it in Arizona. And of course they did it in Georgia with the help of rhino Republicans. And so these legislatures are trying to push back and get their laws back. And so Joe Biden's attacking them. And he's attacking them with the language that was used in the 1950s and 60s against the segregationists and racist Democrats in the South. So in other words, if you don't support blowing up our election system to ensure the permanent Democrat Party control of this country, then obviously you're a throwback to Jim Crow. That's the argument. And we get no help from the media. We don't get help from the conservative media that have done a very poor job, not all, but most, in reporting on this. So I have a question for Joe Biden, which of course we'll never be able to ask. This this isn't a republic anymore. I don't even know what it, what is this? What is this? He signs executive orders. Congress violates their own rules and rams stuff through. What, what are we living through here? They don't have hearings. They don't have congressional processes in these committees. You and I are cut out completely. This is a representative government. Just because we get to vote, Joe Biden doesn't get to stand there and defy the Constitution. The Supreme Court doesn't get to sit on the sidelines and suck its collective thumb. And yet that's where we are. The entire system is out of whack. Because I think the threats against the court by Schumer and the Democrats, I think those threats, and I told you this months and months ago, have had an impact. They've had an impact on Roberts, 
And the other five, who are a disgrace, absolute disgrace. So let's take a look at this again, what the Democrats want to do to our voting system. All authority for making electoral decisions, which are placed in the states under Article 2, would be seized by the federal government. They would seize the authority of the states to regulate voter registration and voter processes. They would force every single state to implement early voting, as Heritage points out here, automatic voter registration, same-day voter registration, online voter registration, and no-fault absentee balloting. So that entire process, which the federal government would never use to hand out welfare benefits, food stamps, which the IRS would never accept when you file a tax return, would be federal law imposed on every single state. And the purpose of doing things this way is indeed to encourage and institutionalize fraud. Because there's no way to catch up with this. Now, how does this help black people? How does this help other minorities? This isn't about black people and other minorities. This is about the Democrat Party, which is a corrupt party. It is corrupt in our cities. It's been corrupt from its existence. Whether it's slavery, whether it's these various Democrat bosses running these various cities, daily and so forth. So how is this the equivalent of a Civil Rights Act? Why is it that empowering the Democrat Party and the Democrat bosses and ensuring their election in a one-party country, how is that helping minorities? They use black people. They use Latinos. They use Asians. They use women. They press the hot buttons. Their propaganda is diabolical. What else would this bill do to help black people and minorities? It makes it easier to commit fraud and promote chaos at the polls through same-day registration. Because there's no ability during election day to know if the person registering is Supposed to be registering. Maybe he's registered in three different places. They'll never know. So why do the Democrats support that? To help black people? To help minorities? You know, minorities in this country should be furious and should rise up. Not against capitalism in the cities. Not with Black Lives Matter. Not with these fools in sports and these fools in the corporate executive boardrooms. No. Against the Democrat Party. They use you. They use you to promote one-party rule. They use you to promote corruption. Now, what else does it do? It requires early voting, early voting in every single state, at least 15 days. It degrades the accuracy of the registration list by requiring states to automatically register all individuals, not citizens, All individuals. Now, why would they register all individuals and not citizens? Why do you think? Why do you think the borders are wide open? Why do you think they're handing out $2 trillion to anybody they can? They're buying votes. 
It's like handing out cash at the precinct, but they do it from Washington. And they drop it from helicopters so everybody has it. What else does this bill do? What else does it do? Well, in addition to registering a large number of illegal voters, as I just said, by voting online and registering online, I should say, it's an opportunity for massive voter registration fraud by hackers, by cyber criminals, by other governments with online registration. We can't protect online registration any more than major corporations or the government itself can protect their databases from China, from Iran, from North Korea, from Russia, or from hackers within the United States. So why would you do that? It's unnecessary. Are you doing it to help black people vote? No. You're doing it to help women vote, minorities? No. To help the Democrat Party. It requires states to count ballots cast by voters outside their assigned precincts. Have you ever voted outside your assigned precinct, Mr. Medusa? Has anybody? Do you know why you're not supposed to do that? So they can make sure that you're voting in the precinct that your address is in. So if you can vote somewhere else, they have absolutely no ability to know if you should be voting or if you voted five times. They have no way to know. So why are the Democrats doing this? For the black man and woman? No, because they're corrupt. This is what Joe Biden's supporting. This is the voter rights, you see. We've had enough. He's with the King family. He wants you to remember Selma. He wants you to remember. This has nothing to do with any of that. Mandate no-fault absentee ballots, which are the tool of choice for voter thieves, and we know this is a fact. It would ban... Witness signatures or notarization requirements for absentee ballots. Now, why would you do that? For the black man and woman? For minorities? Really? Four states to accept ballots received up to 10 days after the election as long as the date is right. Who's that to help? It's to all help the Democrat Party because they're corrupt. Write New York Times, write Washington Post. How come you haven't gone through all these issues, media? How come you ignore it, CBS and NBC and ABC? How come you ignore this, MSNBC and CNN? How come you ignore this, Washington Post and New York Times? Because you're in on it. Because you're corrupt. I'll finish when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto 
pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. So they talk about individuals registering. They talk about automatic registration. They talk about absentee ballots without signature uh, requirements, checking, I should say, without uh, uh, witnesses. They talk about automatic registration. They talk about online registration. And we all know what that's susceptible to. And then it goes on. And you can vote outside your precinct. Oh, this makes it easier for people to vote. This is the answer. Well, then why vote at all? Just make everybody, uh, you know, what did it say? We're all Democrats, and that's the end of it. What else does it do? It prevents election officials from checking the eligibility and qualification of voters and removing ineligible voters. You know, when you go in person to vote, like I do every time, they have a big, thick book of the names of individuals and their addresses, and they want to make sure it matches up with your, your, your driver's license. And apparently this is way too burdensome for the Democrats. Well, now they can't do that. Under this bill, if it passes, if it's instituted by, by the fascistic president who sits there spitting out executive orders produced by the most radical staff in American history. So it's really impossible for even nonpartisan election judges to know what's going on, to verify the accuracy of registration, registration rolls. People want to register same day. And by the way, if you try and do that, you're subject to criminal charges. And they also tamper with the First Amendment. The Supreme Court ruled in Citizens United that organizations can, in fact, run ads on TV, newspapers, radio, promoting a point of view. Not a candidate, but a point of view. They claim that they would outlaw that. Because they want you to get all the information from the New York Times and CNN. So it would expand regulation and government censorship of campaign and political activity and speech. And by the way, that includes online and policy-related speech. Online. Uh, They would reduce the number of a federal election commission members from six, three of each party, to five. Because they figure once they change all this, they'll have a majority on there because they'll make sure they'll appoint them. Prohibit state election officials from participating in federal elections. Require states to restore the ability of all felons to vote. Transfer the right to draw congressional districts from the state legislature to these phony commissions. Limits access to federal courts for anyone challenging the bill. And any judge that rules against the bill or any vote is subject to questioning by a special commission. Hillsdale College serves four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide, through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 charter schools, 
and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. So the Democrats want to impose on the entire country the most corrupt voting system in the world. That we would laugh at if it was applied anywhere else. And they always like to say, well, in Europe, well, in Europe, they don't do any of this. In Europe, they reject the mail-in vote because they tried it. It was a disaster. Here, the Democrats embrace disaster because they embrace anarchy. Now, this is the point I want to get across. Not only will this fundamentally destroy your franchise, because clearly, God knows, and we'll never know how many people will be voting who shouldn't be voting. And the whole system will be turned on its head and be fundamentally unconstitutional as a result of who makes the decisions and institutes the processes, which was Clarence Thomas's point and Sam Alito's point, Neil Gorsuch's point, today and in previous cases. But here's one I want to get to. I had two tremendous guests on my Sunday show. No, not Harry and Meghan. Who gives a crap about Harry and Meghan? Honest to God. She's a yenta, whining. She gets into that family and then destroys the family, trying to destroy the monarchy. Just crazy. And then people, what did she say? And then there's Oprah. Anybody more irrelevant and out of touch than Oprah? A multi-billionaire who's down with the revolution. What an idiot. And this Harry, what a schlub. Sits there like a bump on a log. No, I didn't listen to it. I see the pictures. Why would I waste... A second of my life on that crap. Besides, Life, Liberty, and Levin was on. And I want to thank Fox, especially the news people in the afternoon, who are promoting the hell out of Oprah. And they're what? But that for another day. So, all these things the Democrat Party wants to do to empower the Democrat Party But they're invoking the name of Martin Luther King. They're invoking the name of the 1965 Civil Rights slash Voting Rights Act. They're invoking the name of the civil rights fighters. Some of whom were actually killed and brutalized. To persuade you that this is that. That Enshrining corruption and fraud and doing it in a way that violates the federal constitution is something Martin Luther King would be advocating or something all the civil rights advocates would have supported. Is that what they would have supported? And now here's the thing. 
like so much of what the Democrat Party leadership and power structure does, they're invoking the name of African Americans and Latin Americans and other minorities to persuade you that this is being done for you. That corruption, the enshrining of fraud is being done for black people to make it easier for them to vote. As if black people don't know how to get a driver's license and to go to a voting booth or to get an absentee ballot with a signature or a witness. Now, Americans have been doing this for a very, very long time, voting. And what the Democrats are suggesting is, up until today, unless we pass this bill, people have been oppressed, suppressed, repressed. They've been unable to vote. That is a lie. They lie all the time. And they seek to destroy our voting system to empower the Democrat Party. And they're invoking the name of civil rights leaders. And they're invoking the name of black people and brown people and other people. In other words, they're using you. They're abusing you in order to try and retain power forevermore. So we don't have competitive elections. That's what H1S1 is all about. And this is why they will not make Joe Biden available for a real press conference. Number one, as you'll see, he's utterly incapable of doing it. We have a man in the White House, and it's frightening, who's mentally incapacitated. And if they take him out, they'll be moving uh, uh, Harris right in there. But the other reason is, there are no good substantive answers to this. None. Nancy Pelosi brought this to the floor for a vote. The Democrats are trying to push it through without a single committee hearing. So you can't attend because they've got fence with razor wire at the top and 6,000 National Guardsmen there, so you can't get into the bill. So you can't talk to your members in person. You can't lobby members. You can't peacefully protest. You can't do a damn thing. And Nancy Pelosi's pushing these bills through without going through committees, so your member of Congress isn't even voting on them until they hit the floor. So she has destroyed representative government in the House of Representatives, which is supposed to be the body closest to the people. They've destroyed representative government in the Senate. And we have a president of the United States who's signing bills like he's uh, King George, just one after another, after another, after another, which are fundamentally changing the culture of this country, the economy of this country, And now they want to change the voting system in this country without ever amending the Constitution because they know they'll not get the votes. The reason why Biden doesn't take his proposals and run them through Congress because he won't get the votes. Even even though Democrats have a 10-vote majority in the House and it's tied in the Senate with Harris breaking tie votes, no, no, he's going to do climate change and critical race theory and destroy the voting system and open borders with the signature of of his hand. That's it. That's it. So I want to ask Pasaki a few questions. And Joe, you can chime in here too. Just wake him up. I know it's past his bedtime. I believe it's 6.40 Eastern time on the East Coast. And so I have a few questions for Pasaki. 
It's Saki. No, here it's Pasaki. Tell me, why would you have automatic voter registration when the lists that you use are notoriously inaccurate? People's names appear on all these lists, a variety of lists, so perhaps they'll get multiple ballots. Why would you, why would you do that? Why would you have same-day registration and then at the same time say if a local election judge raises questions, he might be criminally charged to overflow the system? Why would you have on- online voter registration when you know it can be hacked? Or no-fault absentee balloting where you require people to actually match their signatures or have a witness... And why do you claim that this is for black people? You're demeaning black people. You're stereotyping black people. It's appalling. This is what the left wing on on the Democrat Party do all the time. So you make it easier to commit fraud. You make it impossible to prevent it. By degrading the registration system and threatening anybody who raises a question. So, I, I have a question, Joe. May I call you Joe? I think I'll call you Joe. At least you'll recognize your name. Why are you doing this? And why are you talking about registering individuals and not citizens? Are you suggesting individuals should vote even if they're not citizens? Why would you specifically put that in the bill? Isn't that shocking? Why do you ban state voter ID laws, including driver's licenses? Why do you do that? You don't do that for people to get here into the White House. You have a far more cumbersome process than that. Any federal building, any state building, any 7-Eleven where you want to buy a six-pack of beer, you've got to show your ID. Why is that okay, but not when you vote, which is far more precious than a six-pack of beer? Why are you outlawing advertising? or independent groups from communicating their views during the course of an election. That violates the First Amendment of the Constitution. The Supreme Court already said so in Citizens United. So you would violate the Constitution with a statute? Why would you reduce the FEC from six, three Democrats, three Republicans, bipartisan, to five? Turning yet another independent commission or court into partisan hackery. Why would you force all states to allow felons to vote? Because, ladies and gentlemen, the vast majority of felons who do vote in the states that allow it vote for Democrats. We all know this. You're going to transfer the right to draw congressional districts from the state legislatures to so-called independent commissions with unaccountable members? This is supposed to be a political process, not a bureaucratic process. Besides, you guys always steal the bureaucratic processes. You're going to limit the ability of people to sue, to challenge the law, and to challenge elections. They have to bring their case to the District Court for the District of Columbia, which is loaded up with leftists, But everybody doesn't live in the District of Columbia or Maryland or Virginia. And if I want to bring a case in Colorado or Arizona, or if I want to bring a case in Maine or Alaska, why do I have to come to or bring a lawyer into Washington, D.C.? And by the way, all the cases are going to be pulled together. 
So even if you hire a lawyer to do all that, your lawyer is going to be devoured by all the other lawyers and cases that have been pulled together. Now, if a judge rules, let's say this district court judge in the District of Columbia rules in a way that raises questions about the statute or some voting activity that took place, they're going to establish a commission, you know, like Stalin would do, a commission to promote, or excuse me, to protect democratic institutions. This is what the Marxist left does. They steal the language, and then it's the opposite of what their intentions are. The commission to protect democratic institutions? No. It's the commission to create a permanent Democrat Party society. That's what it is. That's what it is. It has the full authority to compel judges to testify and justify their legal decisions. So in other words, the courts are no longer independent. Now, Joe Biden supports this. Have you heard a critical word anywhere? I read the Associated Press and Reuters. It was disgusting. And CNN, that the Republicans are trying to prevent people from voting. And this is the greatest election reform in half a century. That's the way CNN, the AP, and the Reuters reported it. Not that this is an appalling unconscionable abuse of power to make permanent the Democrat Party control over our government and our lives and their horrific use of minorities, particularly black people, as foils to advance their power. That's what's going on here. And it only took me about 35 minutes to explain it with commercials, Mr. Producer. So the media are censoring this. The media want this. Why? Because it's not a media, ladies and gentlemen. These are propagandists for the Democrat Party and the radical left. It's that simple. They've destroyed themselves, and now they want to destroy us. I'll be right back. Hillsdale College serves four purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Education and faith thrive in freedom, and freedom requires an educated people of good character to preserve it. Hillsdale College has been providing the education needed to preserve free government for over 175 years. It continues these efforts today. Not only its 1,500 undergraduate and graduate students, but nationwide through its free online courses, its support of classical K-12 through charter schools, and its other outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. Hillsdale's Articles of Association, dating way back to 1844, commit the college to preserving civil and religious liberty through the provision of sound learning. This learning includes the Constitution and the laws of nature and nature's God, as described in the Declaration of Independence. It includes America's great heritage of liberty that too often today is falsely derided or denied. Hillsdale's motto? Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. It will continue to fight to live up to that motto, come what may. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. I want to thank you both, and I want to thank you, the the uh, former general, I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there, uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. 
and for recommending these two women for promotion. This is Biden today who cannot remember the name of the defense secretary. His name is Lloyd Austin. He cannot even remember what department he's talking about. He can't say secretary of defense, the defense department. And the media sit there with their thumbs up their nose. And the media are responsible in part, and Joe Biden is, and of course the Democrat Party, for advancing this man's candidacy. Knowing full well, we have the greatest country on the face of the earth, that the job of president is the hardest job on the face of the earth. But they didn't care. You need to understand this. They don't care about this country. They do not care about this country. They care about power. That's it. That's it. And Saturday, pretty much the same thing took place. Cut to, Mr. Producer. The vast majority of economists, left, right, and center, from Wall Street to the, to the private, private uh, 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 economic uh, polling initiatives. Economic the, polling commission? Go ahead. Said left, right, and center. Say, in addition to the needs the people have, we need this to grow the economy. It's just appalling. It's not funny. It's appalling. It's shocking, to be honest with you, that, that the whole country pretends this isn't happening. That our corrupt media promotes this. That his family promotes this. That the Democrat Party promotes this. They covered it up. You know, they used to cover up Kennedy scandals and his uh, illnesses. They used to cover up LBJ's uh, womanizing. They cover up uh, for Obama and his uh, corruption with respect to the IRS. This, this, is, this is bigger than that. He is not fit to be president of the United States. As he signs these outrageously radical, fascistic documents day in and day out. This is why they keep talking about Trump. They don't want to talk about Biden. Meanwhile, Biden's popularity is at what? About 60%, Mr. Producer? It's because the public has no idea what he's doing. I read these executive orders. I read what he's doing. You know, if it's legislation and you have members of Congress debating. And, and I want to add this. In part, I fault the Republicans. Look who they've chosen as their leaders. McConnell. McConnell can't even communicate. This guy, John Thune, he's like a younger, taller McConnell. He's like Mr. Polished Politician. He says nothing. He never says anything. And go right down the list of the McConnell leadership. They are all losers. All losers. Then you get to our buddy Lindsey Graham, who's on cable TV at least every other night. And what is he doing? He wants to work out a climate change deal. He wants to work out an immigration deal. None of them want to work out a freedom deal. None of them want to work out a security deal. None of them want to work out a constitutional deal. They should be standing on the floor of the Senate and raising their voices so the whole world can hear them. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, as many of you have figured out. I don't get a lot of sleep lately. Not that I ever did. But I am working morning, noon, and night, and weekends on my next book. Because I think it's a very, very important topic, which I'm not going to get into right now. And uh, the amount of research, the amount of writing I'm doing is really even extraordinary by my own standards. Most TV and radio hosts, not all, don't write their books. Certainly don't research their books. Well, I research them and I write them, as you well know. You want to know why? Because I don't want to rip you off. And my name's on that book. Now, their books are mostly ignored by the left because the left really doesn't want to confront what's in these books. I think the next book is going to drive them absolutely nuts. And there'll be a torrent of attacks, and I will deal with them. I will confront them. Because I have found that most of the people on the left that attack me are really quite stupid. So it won't be a problem. We've touched on this before, but let's touch on it again. Equality versus equity. The critical race theory types and the others that intersect with it, I'm using their language, whether it's immigration rights groups, whatever that means, whether it is um, LGBTQ rights groups, or just the straight feminist operations and so forth, they want you now to talk about equity, not equality. Because equality and equity mean two different things. And that's why Joe Biden went to great lengths, even Joe, to explain when he signed one of his earliest executive orders and had a cogent 45 seconds that we're talking about racial equity here, not racial equality. And his executive order, which I've read, talks about racial equity and not racial equality. Why? Why is that? I hope the backbenchers on TV and radio are listening. I'm trying to educate them. Why is that, folks? Because in order to institute equity, which is an outcome, you cannot treat people equally. That's why. Certain individuals, certain groups, it could be based on age, income, religion, race, whatever it is, are benefited, and sometimes at the expense of others. Not always, but sometimes. So when they talk about racial equity, gender equity, rather than equality, they are abandoning the notion of treating each individual as a human being. They're abandoning the notion of a colorblind society or a blind society that treats human beings as human beings. Now they've come full circle. They've come full circle. People are to be recognized because of their skin color, because of physical characteristics, because of genitalia, because of what they do to their genitalia, what they do with their genitalia. I'm not joking. I'm telling you the truth. And on and on and on. So now society is broken down into one tribal and balkanized group after another. 
And this is how the Democrat Party gains power and hopes to hold power. Because it's the word unity, even though they spew it, they have no idea what that means. They're not for unity. What they do is they cobble together disparate groups who are, uh, who are not well connected to society in many cases, who are, who are malcontents in many cases, or just not settled. And they're looking for someone to blame so they can blame the system. That's where the Democrats come in. They fill the gap. And that's what most of these executive orders are intended to do. And so these executive orders today, over at the blaze they explain, Biden signs executive order creating gender policy council to combat systemic bias and discrimination based on gender. So we have a lot of systemic bigotry going on in America, if you believe the Democrats, if you believe the radical groups that make up their base, and if you believe the, the Biden presidency. America really sucks, according to these people. So Phil Shiver, writing at The Blaze, President Biden signed two more executive orders aimed at promoting gender as equality, but it's gender equity, both in the United States and around the world, in recognition of International Women's Day. International Women's Day. What exactly does that mean, Mr. Producer? I don't even know what it means. Do you know what it means? International Women's Day. What are we supposed to do? I don't understand. What am I supposed to do on International Women's Day? Tell my wife I love her? I love her. I tell her all the time. Tell my daughter and stepdaughter I love them? I tell them. I love them. Tell my granddaughter. What, what, is, it, what is it that we're supposed to do on International Women's Day? I'm just wondering. It sounds like another left-wing ruse to me. No offense. It just does. International Women's Day. And why is it assumed that every woman in every part of the earth are in common? They have the same, the same desires, they have the same culture. They don't. So International Women's Day, I, I don't know what that is. I don't know who came up with it. But here we are. Congratulations. Anyway, but you're issuing uh, two more orders. What Biden is doing is he rolling back Title IX. They have lied about Title IX. Title IX talks about that you can't discriminate against somebody, for instance, in, in, uh, in schooling, in sports, because they're a woman, because, because of their sex. It has nothing to do with uh, gender identification. It has nothing to do with uh, transsexualism or transitioning or gender equity. They take the law and, of course, they poison it. So by adding two more orders, Biden will add to the already historic number of executive orders and actions signed during the first months of his presidency. Yeah, he's quite the fascist. The new president has issued a litany of orders and actions since taking office in January, despite denouncing the tactic while on the campaign trail. He's a liar. He's a pathological liar. This hasn't changed. It's going to set up a gender policy council. Gender po- Would you like to be a member of a gender policy council, Mr. Producer? What do you do there? What the hell do you do? I'm on the, I'm on the, hey, listen. 
I'm the vice chairman of the Gender Policy Council. Well, congratulations. What do you do? We study gender. Really? Yes. You mean like porno? No, no, no. Of course not. We're the Gender Policy Council. We're a presidential commission. Oh. We look at all things across the country just to make sure there's gender equity. Well, what's gender equity? The council will reportedly aim to combat systemic bias and discrimination, including sexual harassment of women, address structural barriers to women participation in the labor force, decrease wage and wealth gaps, among other things. Don't we have a whole bunch of laws against this already? Of course we do. Isn't that the problem that uh, Andrew Cuomo, the pervert, is going to have? Yes, it is. So what do we need this for? Because now we're going to politicize it. We're going to apply it to every single situation. Every, situ- every single conceivable situation. Now, they're, so they're going to... Let's see here. By aggressively protecting the rights and unique needs of those... I'm quoting. Who experience multiple and intersecting forms of discrimination. As soon as you hear that word intersecting, you know they're radical neo-Marxists. Including individuals who are black. Excuse me. Every individual has a gender, whether they're black or not. Latina, Latina. Now the words change. Native, Asian American, and Pacific Islander. People with disabilities and LGBTQ1+. All right, I+. What's I+, Rich? This is getting longer and longer now. L-G-B-T-Q-I+. Does anybody know what that is? Don't call. I don't care. This is in the White House press release. The key is that Biden doesn't know. Co-chairs of the council will be required to submit to the president their recommendations for, quote, government-wide strategy to address gender in policies, programs, and budgets, and an annual report to measure progress on implementing the strategy. Strategy for what? The second order, Biden will direct the Department of Education to review all of its existing regulations, orders, guidance, and policies, especially as it relates to Title IX changes implemented by the Trump administration, including a change that affected how public colleges and universities handled sexual assault accusations on campus. Well, you know how they used to handle it before Trump came into office? The way Stalin had show trials. No due process, in many cases no lawyers, left-wing faculty many of them the hardcore feminists, so you're guilty before you even walk into the place. This was the problem. Nobody wants sexual harassment or worse on college campuses any more than we want them in the, uh, the office of the governor of New York. The Associated Press reported that under Trump, let's hear how AP did this, the department, quote, rescinded an Obama-era administration standard in cases of reported sexual assault for requiring a preponderance of evidence meaning it's more likely than not the sexual harassment or violence occurred, to clear the convincing evidence. Well, if you're going to try somebody in one of these kangaroo courts, and you have the potential for destroying their career and referring this to a prosecutor, preponderance of evidence is way too low of a standard. That's a civil standard, not a criminal standard. That's a civil standard, not a criminal standard. Biden likely seeks to restructure that regulation or re-implement the Obama-era guidance. 
And the order, sure to please, much of Biden's base. But that's the only reason he signs these orders. Come on, folks, you know what I'm talking about. This is all about the Democrat Party, the Democrats' party's base, and expanding its base. Every single thing Biden is doing, minimum wage, open borders, this, critical race theory, it's intended to bring all the most radical elements of his base, including crackpots in his base, together. There's one man out there who has not even whispered criticism of Joe Biden. And that's the Marxist himself, Bernie Sanders. You have not heard him criticize Joe Biden once. Not once. Because Joe Biden is Bernie Sanders in drag, or something like that. And he wants his agenda to advance his legacy. And his legacy is that he was bigger than FDR and bigger than Obama. And he'll destroy this country every step of the way. He's never given a damn. It was always about him, his election, enriching his family, and becoming president. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. My buddy, Professor uh, Paul Kengor, had a piece in 2017 at the American Spectator. I was suspicious of this, of course. And the uh, kook libs who dress up as journalists out there, they know what I'm about to say is true, but the, look at this conspiracy. No conspiracy, it's a fact. International Women's Day, timeline, 1909. I'm doing the work that the press used to do. In accordance with the declaration by the Socialist Party of America, the first National Women's Day was observed across the United States on February 8, 1909. 1910, a second international conference of working women was held in Copenhagen. A woman named Clara Zetkin, leader of the Women's Office for the Social Democratic Party in Germany, tabled the idea of an International Women's Day. She proposed that every year in every country there should be a celebration on the same day, a Woman's Day, to press for demands. 1913 to 14, on the eve of World War I campaigning for peace, Russian women observed their first International Women's Day in February 1913. Following discussions, the International Women's Day was transferred to March 8th. 1917, 
Russian women began a strike for bread and peace in response to the death of over 2 million Russian soldiers in World War I. Opposed by political leaders, the women continued to strike until four days later the Tsar was forced to abdicate and provisional government granted women the right to vote. Of course, we know also that it slaughtered women and imprisoned women. It's called the Russian Revolution. And so that's where this was born, relevant or not to the situation. But even more pertinent, as I say, is there something we're supposed to do today that we didn't do yesterday or won't do tomorrow? I I just don't know. It's like, uh, I, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it is. Everybody's celebrating it. I'm like, what, what are you doing? I don't know. It's, you know. it's International Women's Day. Oh, okay. Who knew? It's not on my uh, cumulus Westwood One vacation schedule. Is it on yours, Mr. Producer? I would think it would be another cause for a day off, you know. You can never have enough of those with holidays and recognition. <laughs> And things of that sort. But anyway, uh, anyway, happy International Women's Day. I, is, there an inter, is there an International Man's Day? Or that's just going too far? You can't ask that? I think I just did. Now, this uh, $2 trillion bill now that's law... Joe Biden mumbled that this is just so unbelievable. It's the most fantastic thing since sliced bread. Although nobody eats sliced bread anymore. I eat sliced bread. I like bread. I like bread like dessert. Everyone gets something. Well, the the carbs and it doesn't have any purpose. Of course not. That's why I like it. The food that tastes like crap is good for you. And the the food that tastes great is bad for you. I, I got it. I understand. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, your hard-earned money or that of your children and grandchildren is now going to be paying $1,400 to prisoners. $1,400 to prisoners. People who created, committed the worst kinds of crimes, including murder. What do you think about that? Is that okay with you? Bill Cassidy, Ted Cruz, Tom Cotton offered an amendment to the current stimulus bill to bar federal and state prisoners from getting a payment, but the amendment failed 50 to 49. Every Democrat voted against it. Every Republican voted for it. This Senator (coughs) Sullivan from Alaska's father-in-law died. He leaves town for 24 hours, and the Democrats are ramming through everything they can. What kind of a republic is this? What kind of a republic is this? So prisoners, as Cassidy points out, have all their living and medical expenses paid for by the taxpayer. They don't pay taxes. They don't contribute to the tax base. They can't be unemployed. In other words, inmates are not economically impacted. Yes, but some of them vote, and we know who they vote for. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I love the fact that President Trump's going to go to Alaska and campaign against Lisa Murkowski. She really is a, uh, a disaster. 
just so you know, she's bought and paid for by the NEA. That's one of the Republicans they back fully and completely. They man her precincts on primary and general election day. They pour a ton of resources into her campaigns. And, you know, Alaska is a huge state, obviously, so she needs their support. So the army of the, uh, of the uh, supporters of the NEA are sent out on these elections to help her get elected. So she's definitely bought and paid for by the NEA, and they're not the only ones. And she was appointed by her father to the United States Senate as well. I think she does not represent the best interests of Alaskans. I don't think she, uh, uh, you know, really embraces their rugged individualism and their conservatism. Uh, And uh, to have her defeated, I think, would be a very, very important thing, quite frankly. We need to be able to get some conservatives slash libertarians out of states that should be sending uh, those types of individuals to Congress. Now, of course, McConnell's going to be supporting her because McConnell only cares about himself and his own power. As you know, he's all tied up with the communist regime in China. His in-laws are. They make a fortune off that regime. Uh, His wife, Elaine Chow, uh, was abusing her office, according to the inspector general of the Department of Transportation, while he was calling for the criminal prosecution of former President Trump for nothing. For nothing. He didn't incite, and there was no insurrection. It wasn't pleasant, don't get me wrong. It was a violent riot. Uh, But the more we learn about this, the more it's obvious that Donald Trump, his words had nothing to do with it, but they don't care. On the other hand, some of the activities of Elaine Chow should at least raise some questions, I would think, among some prosecutors to at least take a look at. And the question always is, what did Mitch McConnell know, and when did he know it? more I think about it, the fact that the Chow family has a special deal with the communist Chinese government when it comes to uh, heavy freight and ships. Um, The fact that she was the head of the Department of Transportation, to me, is problematic. And the fact that that's the job she wanted is problematic. But the Democrats want McConnell in that slot. I mean, they hate anybody who's in that slot, but he's kind of a useful idiot. So... uh, no, Mark, you don't understand. Uh, Paul Ryan tells me, and, uh, oh, yeah, he's the best. You, you, you really don't understand. Nobody knows how to work the floor like he, Look, I'm sick and tired of him. He's been around long enough, and he's not competent, and he doesn't get anything done. It's just the way it is. So prisoners, including, well, every prisoner, mass murders, terrorists, bombers, They're all getting $1,400 stimulus checks. They pay no taxes. Everything's provided for them in prison. And the Democrats insisted on this. Now, why would they do that? Why would they do that? Because they're voters, they're potential voters. That's why they do it. I told you, they take care of their base, and prisoners are part of their base. Now, I have to say that there are people in prison today who listen to this program. That there are people who have left prison, who've turned their lives around and contacted me or people I know, and have been listening to this program and feel that it had an impact on their lives. So there is that, and I want to thank them, all of them. I want to thank them. But I still reject the idea that prisoners should get a $1,400 stimulus check. There's nothing to stimulate in prison. There's no, as we understand it, economic activity 
of the sort that requires a $1,400 stimulus check. So Ted Cruz gets up and he says, all right, let's try this. No stimulus check for illegal aliens. And that's blocked. 50 to 49. Why is that blocked? Well, little Dick Durbin of Illinois says, well, some of them, you know, they could be parents or one could be a parent and they have families too. But Mark has a better idea. I always have. I've told you this before. If that's what we're going to do, if that's what we're going to do, if we're going to pay subsidies, the health care, food stamps, Social Security, you name it, to people who come here and are illegal aliens, because they're aliens who are here illegally, a.k.a. illegal aliens, then why wait for them to come here? Just send checks all over the world. Send them all over the world. So they don't have to take that torturous route where children are molested, where women are molested, and so forth and so on. We'll just send them the checks. Because you see, little Dick Durbin, all over the world there are billions of people who can't eat, who can't provide for their children. And if they're our responsibility then it doesn't matter where they are on the planet, does it? Now, of course, here's the problem. We would destroy our society in doing that, wouldn't we? While we are destroying our society in doing this, massive increase in the... Now, the reporters, really Democrats dressed up as reporters at the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes and all these other outlets, they don't have the foggiest idea what I'm talking about. Their eyes have glazed over. They're back to Biden worship. You know, they just can't connect with reality. And the problem is, we're a nation in massive debt. And while most of us during our lifetimes haven't felt the consequences of that, one day we will or our kids or grandkids will. And all you have to do is look at some of these black and white old films from the earlier part of the last century what took place in the Weimar Republic and many of the European countries and what that leads to. And what that leads to. It leads to a society that collapses because the economy collapses. No rule of law, no ability to enforce the law. It leads to riots, horrible poverty, and massive death. Look how our politicians have reacted to this virus. Now imagine every single person in this country. Their income, their savings, their pensions become worth nothing. The collapse of the economic system. So you can't get food even if you have the money to get food. You can't get gasoline for your vehicle because there is none. When the currency dies, the country dies. That's why these fools are playing with fire. But they won't even control spending when it comes to felons or when it comes to illegal aliens. In other words, there's no, there's no bridge too far. Every bridge is to be crossed. Every damn one of them. It doesn't matter. And so even here, when it comes to something that's really not controversial, 
I don't think the vast majority of Americans would agree with what the Democrats did. But the vast majority of Americans have no idea because the media doesn't communicate it to them. Censorship, censorship can also be propaganda. Censorship can also be propaganda. Because when you leave relevant information out of the public square, and intentionally so, you're propagating for a cause or an outcome. By deceiving readers, listeners, viewers. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know what? To prove my point of what I've been saying about Biden just trying to create his legacy as the most radical kook of all radical kooks, just listen to Bernie Sanders on the floor Saturday. Cut three, go. This bill that we are completing now is the most significant piece of legislation to benefit working people in the modern history of this country. And not only are we going to go forward to crush this pandemic, to rebuild our economy and to get our kids back to school safely, we're going to do something even more important. We're going to help restore faith in the United States government. Oh, yeah, that's you, Mr. Red. Oh, that's him. This is a massive pork barrel bill for the various constituent groups that make up the Democrat Party. It is a massive taxpayer subsidy to the Democrat Party. It's unbelievable what's taking place here to their mayors, to their governors, to their NEA and their AFT, and more and more and more than that. Massive. Here's Schumer on the floor. He even wets his depends. Cut for a go. For Americans who doubted that the government can help them in this time of crisis. Hey, jerk. You didn't help them before the election. You and Pelosi, frickin' frack, you held back. Why do I hate him more than all the rest of them, Mr. Producer? Why does he get under my skin more than all of the rest of them? Go ahead. You'll be getting direct checks. Your schools will receive assistance to reopen quickly and safely. (laughs) Your local businesses will get another lifeline. This is the problem with propaganda and liars like this. $60 billion sitting there for schools. And what are they going to do? How much do those plastic barriers cost anyway? What are they going to do? Nothing. 
This is a big sop to the unions. Go ahead. And the day when you receive the... Ah, vaccine. shut up, you idiot. Now we have Jen Psaki, the spokes idiot to the idiot. Cut five, go. Senator Manchin uh, and Senator... By the way, Sanders. Senator Manchin, I want the people of West Virginia to know, and there are many listening, this guy is a fake and a fraud. He's a fake and a fraud. When push comes to shove, he throws in with the hard left kooks from San Francisco and Manhattan. That's what he does. He doesn't represent the people of West Virginia in any respect. He gets on TV. He pretends he's Gomer Pyle. And then he, uh, and then he votes with the left. That's what he does. Go ahead. Senator Manchin uh, and Senator Sanders and a range of Democrats in between. Ah, shut up, you idiot. I can't take her either, to be perfectly honest with you. And I want to thank the press out there. Wow, you're really asking tough questions, aren't you? You're getting up. You're demanding to be heard. You're interrupting her and saying, hey, we have questions. Where's Joe? Where's Lunch Bucket Joe? Where is he? Good job, media. You're just terrific. And by the way, Hunter Biden, is he in prison yet? Anything going on there? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Where are your investigative reporters? Aren't they chasing down the Biden family and communist... No, not a damn thing. Joe, Cornelia, Georgia, the great WCHM. Joe, go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark. Yes, sir. How may I help you? Booster shot today. You did what? Thank you for my booster shot oh, today. You're welcome. You gave me a booster shot. Not only today, but you know, going back to the beginning of your show, and obviously this all started with the right. All right, I'll tell you what, Mr. Kalskruna, get his number and call him back. We don't want to leave Joe hanging dry out there, but the connection is now lost. Troy, Rockledge, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Troy, how are you? Doing well, doing well. How about yourself? Okay, thank you. All right, so I, I've been looking at all this, and I'd like to thank you and Rush Limbaugh and, and a whole bunch of other people, but most weirdly, Lin-Manuel Miranda. I've actually started as a result of Who? all of you guys putting together Lin-Manuel Miranda. He wrote Hamilton. And, and he I wrote started, Hamilton, the play? Yeah, fantastic. If you, I'm sure you've seen it. But, no, but I've read what he's written. He's a liberal kook. Off the record. Well, he's a, he's a, he's a liberal kook, and, and I admit that. But he took the time to include some things that most liberals don't in Hamilton, such as the fact that our founders took the time to debate. They and did what? To Mr. Producer spoke over me. Took the time to... Oh, sorry. No, they no, that the, the, the founders did what? They, they wanted to eliminate the practice of slavery even before the Constitution was written. And you needed a playwright to tell you that. No, no, but he said it publicly. They had a big battle. They had a big battle at the uh, Second Constitutional, uh, the Second uh, Continental Congress. They had a big battle over it in Philadelphia during uh, during the debate over the Constitution itself. And they had to reach some compromises. Uh, and they had a big battle uh, during the course of the Revolutionary War over it, too. <clears throat> and uh, that's why the 1619 Project and the rest of them are pathological liars. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. Megan, what's her last name? Markle. And Harry, the dim-witted of the, of the bunch. It has to happen that way after all the incest over these decades. But that said, these look like two spoiled punks to me. Don't they to you, Mr. Producer? Especially her. She goes in there. You know, it's a very closed and cloistered situation they live in a in the spotlight but it's very much a a bubble situation and um, she just starts uh, shooting spitballs all over the place oh they didn't like me I didn't know I had a curtsy uh, they don't like me because I'm part African American and they said this and they did that and the royals are looking upon this in great horror like what in the hell is the problem now they didn't have a problem with their titles when they thought they could monetize it and did I read somewhere they got like $7 million for this interview? Did you read that, Mr. Producer? Five and a half, but who's counting? And I thought to myself, and here's little Mark. With his own little show at 8 p.m. Eastern Time going up against Oprah. And these two misfits. I thought to myself, who cares? Oprah's a complete fraud. Oprah's worth like three and a half, four billion dollars. But she's down for the revolution. I wonder how down she is for the revolution financially. Like LeBron, may I say, and I will say. And they're not alone. They're not alone. Like this, uh, this guy Gates. They act like he's some kind of expert scientist. They always about population, about malaria, about uh, the de- fire. Some what the hell does this guy know? He doesn't know anything. Except his head is always cocked in a strange direction. Have you noticed that, Mr. Producer? But anyway, that's a whole other story. And somebody needs to send him shampoo. Just a thought. And they pay him all this money. Now I had two tremendous guests. I didn't pay him anything. I had two tremendous guests. A wonderful freshman congressman from the Naples, Florida area of the country, Byron Donalds. Because I'm thinking to myself, I watched him for two and a half minutes on this clip. I played it for you earlier last week. I said, wow, this guy is sharp. Who is he? All we get are the same. There's Lindsey Graham. It's Tuesday. It must be Lindsey Graham. Wednesday, it must be Lindsey Graham. You know, it's the same thing over and over and over. The same politicians over and over again. I don't look at the world that way. The way I look at the world is if you're really, really good, and I happen to know 
and see it. And if I can, in a reasonable way, you should be promoted. I've done that with my substitute hosts. Ben Shapiro used to be a substitute host. Dan Bongino, from time to time, is still a substitute host when he has time. And we have great substitute hosts. And I want them to do extremely well. I really do. So I'm watching this congressman. I said, you know what? I want to bring him on the show. Then Jason Whitlock. You know, there, there are people on radio and TV and the Internet, and then there are people on radio, TV, and the Internet. You know, he was a sportscaster and a sports columnist, and he was on ESPN or Fox. I can't remember. But he's a thinker. He's a thinker, and he's not afraid to speak out. He's not afraid to speak out in a way that, of course, could result in him being a persona non grata with certain groups, certain professionals, and so forth. He says, no, this is my view. He doesn't measure the narrative that way. He tells you what he thinks. But what he thinks is always quite astute. So I wanted him on, too. And that's what happened. And those of you who weren't watching Meghan Markle or whatever her name is and Oprah and, and dim-witted Harry, uh, hopefully you did watch this. And I want you to listen to a little bit because it's positive. It's positive in the sense that I just can't go through this news every day. I just can't do it. We'll fight them. We'll be resolute. But every now and then we need to be vaccinated from them. Vaccinated from the left. Because they're the biggest disease going. And they're going to kill and a hell of a lot more people in this virus. And they're going to make a lot more people impoverished too. Because in the end, that's what they do. In the end, that's what they do. So let's listen to a little bit of this. Obviously, I heard it because I was there. and Some of you saw it. But just as a refresher, cut 16, go. Now, I look at the government today, Jason Whitlock. Massive taxing. Massive spending. Massive controlling, massive redistribution, massive transforming, rewarding certain citizens, punishing certain citizens, that the political parties, in my view, particularly the Democrat Party, gaining power, holding power, expanding power, trying to penetrate the barriers that the Constitution has set up. I would just be curious, what happens to the individual, the family and faith, when all of this power and energy and resources and focus every day is on the expansion and, uh, of the federal government? Mark, you've hit on the crisis that we're having here in America, and it's a crisis we should all be afraid of. I think how we got here is everybody's fat and happy, and they're all looking for their piece of the power pie, our politicians are, and we have taken for granted. Too many, look, I'm going to blame the politicians, but I think too many Americans have taken for granted the freedoms that previous generations won. And that goes all the way back to the Revolutionary War, all the way back to the Civil War, all the way back to the Civil Rights Movement. America has been on a fight for increased freedom since its inception. And then once we got it, because the civil rights movement was like, now everybody gets to enjoy 
American freedom. And since then, I think as we've moved further and further away, people have taken those freedoms for granted. They don't appreciate them. We've stopped asking people to ante up. I mean, just think about JFK's inauguration speech. Ask not what the country can do for you. Ask what you can do for the country. I, I think I, I said that right. Now we've no, moved right. to this whole thing of asking the country what it can do for us. And if someone, if we don't, as a group of Americans, if we don't hit the stop button on this, it's we should serve our country. Now, our country can't serve us. Our country, we can, we can abide by a certain set of rules that guarantee freedom for all of us. But that's all our country promises us. That's what the Declaration of Independence, that's what the Constitution promises us, freedom and the pursuit of happiness. Now we're starting to ask the government to take care of us. And, and, and I look at all, of, not we're starting to ask, this has been going on for a long time, but now it's just full blown. But all of us, all the politicians are so content on holding on to power, acquiring power, and how can the events in that Capitol building, how can they benefit and enrich the politicians? And the American working class people have been sold out, Mark. Let's go to cut uh, 17. Go. You know, Jason Whitlock, what gets lost in all this are the founding principles and the belief systems of the American people, Judeo-Christian belief system. People don't want to hear it, but it's a fact. That's what caused people to rally, to revolt against Britain and so forth. That kind of thinking was uh, prominent throughout the Declaration period and the Constitutional period. We talk very little in the public square about individual liberty, about private property rights, about hard work, about family, about accountability and responsibility. In fact, I think the government more and more is trying to blame systems, to blame groups, to blame ancestors for the problems that individuals have today. And so if you're not really locked into this society, or if you're somebody who's always malcontented, uh, that's very attractive to you. And I feel like our government and our politicians, particularly on the left, this is who they try to appeal to. So all these other things that are so important that uphold our society that really have nothing to do with Hold on a second. Are utterly so, so, hold on a second. So, Prince Harry and Meghan, tell us more about your trials and tribulations. Okay, so if you're listening to me, that's what's going on, the first part. If you're listening to Oprah, what I just said was going on. Go ahead. Without question, but, but I also think that our foreign adversaries, foreign competitors, China at the top of the list, uh, has spread so much money throughout American culture in the sports world, through their relationship with Nike and the NBA and the NFL, through Hollywood and their funding of movies, TV shows, and whatever else. They've paid off a group of people to attack American values and to install and promote Marxism, quite frankly, uh, in America, that, that's what a lot of these pop culture leftists are. They're Marxists. 
And I, I think they are systematically undermining all the American values that made us great. We have people so focused on race, black people and white people, and, and I particularly say this about black people because that's the constituency I'm very familiar with. We've abandoned our religious faith for a race-based faith, that our religion is now race. That's what we are out to protect and to promote and to celebrate more than Jesus Christ. And I'm just so this is inappropriate. And when we all, all of us Americans, black, white, whatever, when we submit ourselves to a higher power, when we, even if you're an atheist, you have to admit the Judeo-Christian values are why people are breaking down the doors to get into America. He's fantastic, isn't he? Well, Byron Donald's congressman, freshman from the Naples era, fantastic too. When we come back, I want you to hear a little from him, and we will be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the CDC has announced, very big, important announcement, ladies and gentlemen, vaccinated people can gather indoors together with other vaccinated people. <laughs> That's safe, Mr. Producer. Well, then. But here's the thing. If you're vaccinated, why can't you gather indoors with anybody you want to? You're vaccinated, right, Rich? You got the vaccination. I, I'm not, I'm, I'd like to think I'm at least of average intelligence. I mean, I'm way ahead of Joe Scarborough. So vaccinated people can get together indoors with other vaccinated people. Okay. Can vaccinated people get indoors with people who aren't vaccinated? Of course they can. They were vaccinated. Isn't that the point? Yes, I think that's the point. Now, there's a doctor by the name of Scott Gottlieb. Scott Gottlieb is a big deal. Scott Gottlieb used to be one of the top 
uh, scientists and doctors in the federal government. Scott Gottlieb and Dr. Anthony Fauci both gave remarks to the media on Friday, as reported by Hot Air. And it's notable that both men who have been featured prominently throughout the pandemic for their scientific and medical advice are at odds now on reopening the country. Gottlieb advises that the governors who are opening up their states are doing the right thing, while Fauci's already sounding doom and gloom warnings of a forced spike in the coronavirus case. That's because of two things. Number one, Fauci has been a bureaucrat his entire life. He's not a man of the private sector. And so he'll get a paycheck no matter what, even if he's wrong, and even if a half a million people die on his watch as Mr. Infectious Disease Expert. And he won't come on the show either, by the way. He'll go everywhere else, Russian TV, whatever. He won't come here. Can hardly blame him. Fauci is doing his usual thing. A holiday is approaching, and he's going to do what he can to discourage families and friends from socializing. While he is, of course, everywhere. And during a White House briefing on the virus, Friday, Fauci warned that despite the number of vaccinations being administered throughout the United States, we may soon be hit with a fourth spike. We might be hit with anything, you idiot, you quack. May I call you a quack? I think I will. What are you trying to say? So uh, that's that. But Gottlieb, by the way, a member of Pfizer's board, which means he's a productive uh, citizen, said the emerging virus strains are important to watch for states that plan to ease restrictions. He said, uh, personally, he would continue avoiding eating indoors, a stance he has maintained during the pandemic. He says, I'll be eating outside. Just doesn't seem like a risk worth taking. But on the other hand, he encourages economies to open up. You see, Fauci gets paid no matter what. Fauci gets paid no matter what. He's got his pain. In fact, he gets paid to tell people to lock down. I have a great idea, Mr. Bruce. Are you ready? Let's lock down the federal government. So they won't be doing critical race theory and blowing out girls' sports in high school and opening the borders and doing all these other stupid things. I say this. Why doesn't Fauci say the bureaucracy should lock down? They should be wearing masks. They should hide under their desks. I think we could take him and make a positive out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, Fauci's half politician, half doctor. That's what he is. He's learned how to survive in the bureaucracy. He's learned how to prevent second and third generation experts from filling his post. He's been in Washington way too long. He knows Joe Biden. He's been in Washington just as long as Joe Biden. They came about the same time. Uh, They worked through the Obama-Biden administration. He likes Biden because he knows Biden's an idiot. Biden will follow the science. That is, he'll follow me, uh, the Fouch. He'll follow me wherever I go. Matter of fact, he's very annoying. It's like, uh, I tell him, Joe, cut it out. Joe doesn't. Anyway, so, they get along great. But I'm going to tell you something. The spokes idiot for the idiot gives Trump no credit for the virus, for the vaccinations for the virus, gives him no credit for any of it. And I'm still waiting for those graphics on cable TV to show us 
How many human beings have died on Joe Biden's watch, despite the fact that we now have three vaccines that were produced as a result of Operation Warp Speed? I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, a proud conservative. No ifs, ands, or buts. Call in at 877-381-3811. Now, I want you to hear little uh, Byron Donalds, who's a congressman, freshman congressman from Florida, the Naples area. This is on Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday. Cut 18, go. There you are in Nancy Pelosi's House of Representatives, which is the most radical ever, quite frankly, pushing through one outrageous bill after another to nationalize elections, to open the borders, to do all kinds of things. Uh, She knows it's not going to get too far in the center, at least we hope not. But they're pushing the president of the United States, Biden, with executive orders to do things unilaterally in violation of the Constitution and separation of powers. So you show up in this House of Representatives, which is utterly and completely, in my view, out of control. What do you make of this? Uh, This place is, frankly, a destruction of our republic, the way it's operating right now. We're not meeting in committees. Nancy Pelosi's just pushing agenda item after agenda item directly to the floor. Um, Frankly, they're moderate. Whatever moderate Democrats are left, they're being put on the line for some of the most radical policies we've ever seen. And I think the bigger point on this, Mark, is the Democrats never ran on any of this. Joe Biden never ran on this bill about defunding the police. They never ran on taking over the election process at the federal level. They never ran on shutting down the Keystone Pipeline or opening up the southern border. The only thing they ever ran on was, quote unquote, saving our democracy, uh, which I still don't even know what that means. But I will tell you, having been in the nation's capital for about two months, what they're doing is destroying the republic because our country and our government, frankly, can't survive a, a, a process where the members have no input on anything. Even the Democrat rank and file members don't have input on anything. This is just radical policy after radical policy that the American people were never told about during the election process. Cut 19, go. How much are we spending and what exactly is this money going for? Well, right now, uh, what we just passed out of the House, unfortunately, is about $2 trillion. They tried to make it say, they tried to put it at 1.9, so the number didn't sound too big. But roughly, it's $2 trillion of just wasteful grab bag spending. Uh, but what people lose sight of in this is that last year, $4.1 trillion 
was appropriated to deal with COVID-19. That's to deal with the economic response and also to deal with Operation Warp Speed, trying to get uh, unemployment benefits to people, um, um, rent, ab rent abatements, things of that nature. That's what was spent last year. Back in December, there was $900 billion right before Christmas that was appropriated specifically for COVID relief. You know, that's when the media asked Nancy Pelosi about um, why did she decide to negotiate now? And she basically said because the election happened and now we have a, a new footing to negotiate on because she was playing politics throughout most of the pandemic. Um, what we're doing right now in Capitol Hill, frankly, is the other $2 trillion on the down payment she talked about last December. What the, the thing that's really bad about this is that in the current bill, about 200 billion goes directly to covid. Another three to 400 million goes to the American people. After that, this is all just liberal wish list stuff. The National Endowment of the Arts gets two hundred million dollars. The National Endowment of Humanities gets two mil, two mil, two hundred million dollars. I didn't even realize there were two things. And so it's stuff like that that's in this bill. State and local governments getting three hundred fifty billion dollars. And they put this formula in the bill where if you're a blue state that has had terrible lockdown policies and your unemployment rates are through the roof, you're getting significantly more money than, say, a state like Florida that actually managed a pandemic while letting people get back to work. This is how they're rewarding bad behavior. This is how rewarding blue state governors. This is the true bailout that's happening. And it's one of the worst ways to spend money. Furthermore, and this is the last thing that's very important in this, our economy is rebounding. In every state that is allowed to open, our businesses are getting back to work. Our people are returning to their jobs. People are tired of being locked down and they're going back to their lives. If we would just open up, we wouldn't need to spend all this money. But the Democrats don't care about science. They don't care about economics. They care about politics. And that's what's happening up here in Washington, D.C. Isn't he great? He's really terrific. And he ought to be front and center, not the same the same old politicians all the time. He's a great young voice. He is a solid conservative. He told me he's been living, listening to this station or my show for 10 years. And I think he's just terrific. It's exactly what the doctor ordered. <clears throat> I think, honestly, the more women, <clears throat> women and minorities, conservatives, who are out there who can get elected, the better. Not, in, not to exclude anybody, obviously. But it is a good thing. It's a positive thing. And um, that's my view. Bob, Stanton, Nebraska, XM Satellite. Bob, how are you, sir? I'm good, Mark. How are you doing, buddy? All right. Thank you, sir. Good, good. Thank you for taking my call. Listen, the reason I'm calling, um, it's it's in regards to the border crisis and um it's, of course, wrong on many, many levels, but I think the biggest biggest level of frustration I have is with the what appears to be lack of effort by the GOP, um, the party itself, the Republican Party. Um, you know, I, I sit here and I watch this day after day and see what's going on, and I obviously listen to you and hear what's going on, and, and everything that's happening down there at the border, I keep thinking, where's the GOP on this? Where... How come they're not <clears throat> filing lawsuits against this activity? Well, they can file lawsuits. That's that's a waste of time. What are the, what are their lawsuits going to say? Well, My problem is they don't have a, uh, a a a chorus of members, you know, going out to all the major media sources here with a common theme, attacking this. And so the next election, they have uh, 
built the case against this. Instead, it's left to me and others in conservative media to bring this up, but now and then a member of Congress. But there's not... I've always felt that with McConnell, they just don't have an organized, aggressive offense against this sort of thing. Now, in terms of bringing lawsuits, we see where that gets us with the Supreme Court. We saw where it got us during the election. People always want a fallback position, just bring a lawsuit. Well, those don't always work. A lot of times they don't work at all. So we have to, we have to make the case and expose Biden because the media will not. And I honestly believe many of the things Biden's doing... If he were running for election today, it wouldn't even be close, even with all the, the uh, changes uh, intended to help the Democrats in these battleground states. Uh-huh. I think that's I think you're right on that. I agree. Um, I guess the, the, the overall frustration is we never hear any kind of pushback from the GOP itself. No, but I agree with you. And I mean, if we had a competent, relatively charismatic, relatively articulate, we're not asking for the best of the best leader in the Senate. You would see him more. He does. He barely even appears on Fox. Have you noticed that? Exactly. He exactly. never appears on talk radio unless it's a friendly talk show host. He's never, ever out there. Kevin McCarthy, whether you like him or not, he's out there. He's engaging with everybody. We don't have a voice in the leadership of the United States Senate who does that. This guy, Thune, will put you to sleep in two seconds. He's obviously learned at the foot of uh, McConnell. He's a loser. Maybe a winner in South Dakota, but nationally he's a loser. And then you look at the lineup behind them, and our good friend Lindsey Graham, he's already starting to buckle on climate change. Now, you need somebody who is consistently principled, who's articulate, who's not flaky, who's going to make the case day in and day out. Uh, we have a few of those guys, but uh, not enough. I agree with you. That's true. Yep, and, you know, even if we heard something from uh, Ronna McDaniel and she were to try and orchestrate some sort of... We effort. hear nothing from her. And I'm going to tell you something else. I don't think she did such a good job during the campaign. I think all these people should be blown out. Couldn't agree more. I and, and the fact that I'm on the radio, Mr. Producer reminded me of this about a month ago, on and on saying they have 600 lawyers in the field. Do we? Do we? They have 600 lawyers. Where are lawyers? Do we have lawyers? And the, and the truth is I called the White House, too. Do we have lawyers? They have lawyers. They have lawyers. Because I know what they're capable Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. Turns out they didn't have lawyers, and we weren't ready. That's true. And, and I fault nobody So the more president was not served well in that regard. Go ahead. That's true. And, and, and I've heard people say, well, it's President Trump's fault because he lost the election. And my, my thinking is, no, where's the GOP? They took their eye off the ball, Mark. And they, all these lawsuits and challenges... How much place. more could Trump have done? The man went, like, to 50 places in, mo- in one month. I mean, it was exhausting just watching it. Exactly. And you have trying- to have the experts, you have to have the lawyers who know what they're doing, and we did not. That's true. And, and Trump was trying to run a country. He's trying to create true. jobs. He's trying to fix the VA. He's got his hands full. He can't keep his eye on the ball on, on all these states. That's the GOP's job. No, you're exactly right. And the general counsel at the RNC was a disaster. I've heard this from everybody. Even in the course of the uh, battles, the ground battles in these various states with the litigation, they would have to go to him and beg him to fund for an outside lawyer to come in, you know, because you need a local lawyer in many cases. And uh, he was very stingy with giving them money, and so they actually had to raise some money to get the lawyers. And when the story's actually really told, you'll see the Republican establishment was a disaster. I believe it. Yeah, I can. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. You know, I'm calling on the Pulitzer Prize Committee to give me a Pulitzer, don't you think, Mr. Producer? We and the Wall Street Journal, I'll share it with the Wall Street Journal, were the first to report on the nursing home scandal under Cuomo the molester. And uh, I haven't been contacted yet. It's the strangest thing. But I think we deserve a Pulitzer. If I say so myself, I can't nominate myself, of course, and I never would consider such a thing. But seriously, even my brothers and sisters in this business, radio, they can't admit that we broke the story here any more than they can admit that we broke the story of the spying on the Trump campaign and early in his presidency in early March 2017. We break a lot of stories here. Not because we're trying to, we're just rational about what's going on in the world. And uh, what else was I going to say? I told you, Mr. Reed, do you remember what else I was going to say? Oh, yeah, I'm having my Biden moment again. Oh, Jake Tapper. Now, Jake Tapper, somebody just showed me a clip of Jake Tapper wearing glasses. Now, as you know, I wear glasses and take them off and on on TV. Not for effect, because I can't see. When they're on, I need to look at the camera. When they're off, I need to look at my notes. So they're off and on. Why don't you wear bifocal? Because they make me nauseous. That's why I can't do it up and down and up and down. Anyway, so that's beside the point. So I want to say this to Jake, just to upset him, actually. Why are you trying to look like me? I understand you don't want to look like you. Well, now I think I do understand why he wants to look like me, Mr. Producer. You know, they say bald is beautiful. Are you aware? Have you heard that? You have heard that? <laughs> why would you hear that? You have hair. Oh, Richie V, who's uh, follically, uh, you know, challenged. He he hears that? Really, from whom? You? Who does he hear that from? (laughs) I at least hear it from my wife. I I don't know. uh, Can't speak for Richie V. Anyway, just messing around here. Laura, St. Pete, Florida, the great W-Bob, W-B-O-B, go! Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You're um, I welcome. Was just what, um, I was just wondering what the point really is these days in having an International Women's Day. I think that idea is kind of archaic. 
when there really don't seem to really be any um, such thing as women and men. Wait um, a minute. This is a you know, genius point. I wish I had thought of this. You're, Laura, you're right on. Why are we identifying a specific gender, is your point, when Nancy yeah. Pelosi on the floor of the House has banned such a thing? That's true. Isn't it, um, is it um, biological women? Is it transgender women? Well, I think we need to rename it to the International Day. <laughs> or any man who wants to identify as a woman today, I guess, can um, celebrate International Women's Day. Of course. But I'm serious. They, they need to call it International They Day because we're not allowed. You're right. Gender identification is out on the House floor. They're such frauds, aren't they? Yeah. But I like it. So I'm going to steal it from you openly and notoriously. <laughs> You're welcome to it. Thank you, Laura. I always wonder whenever, whenever I hear these things these days, I think, well, what's the point? There's no, I thought there was no such thing as men and women anymore. You're right. Thank you. And so Laura wins the free government cheese of the day, Mr. Producer. That was a brilliant point, and we're going to use it. So welcome to the International Day of They. That's right, the International Day of They. Right, Washington Compost and New York Slimes, you with me? Nah. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, and I look forward to seeing you right here tomorrow. Chins up, even if they're double chins. Chins up, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.